Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to the Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. I was watching television this week and I was watching a national Christian TV network and the preaching was just strange and this preacher I'd never seen before said Christians are obligated to keep the seven feasts that God told the Old Testament Jews to keep. Well Christians have to keep them too and it got stranger and stranger. So I googled this pastor's group and they don't believe in the Trinity. And I wrote this National Christian Network and said, shouldn't you make sure that people that are preaching on your channel believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as God? And um, it made me think, I gotta preach on the Trinity. So that's what this show is about. The goal of this program is that by the end of this half hour, you will know how to answer the question, who is God? And I'll tell you right up front the answer. The answer is the Trinity the one God in equal three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses will come to your door and they will say, well, the word Trinity is nowhere in the Bible. Well, they're right. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. The concept of the Trinity starts in Genesis chapter 1 and goes all the way through the Old and New Testaments. So we're going to ask the question today, who is God? And by the end of this half hour, you'll know the answer to that. For instance... If you ask a New Age person who is God, their answer is, you are God, I am God, we are all part of the collective God consciousness. If you ask a Hindu or a Mormon who is God, they are polytheists, they will say there are many gods. If you ask a Muslim who is God, they will answer, Allah is, Jesus isn't. So. I'm getting on the van at the airport, and this Muslim van driver is taking people home, including me. And, well, he says, I believe Christians, Muslims, Jews, we all believe in the same God. And I tried to politely respond, no, we don't. For you as a Muslim, it's a heresy to say that Jesus is God. For me as a Christian, it is heresy to say, no, he isn't. We believe in the Trinity, one God and three persons. You don't. So we don't believe in the same God. Um, so here, here, let's go. We're going to pray and we're going to answer the question on this program, who is God? Let's take a minute and just bow, please, if you would. Father, there are so many versions of God out there in our lost world, people worshiping all kinds of things. We pray, God, your Holy Spirit will now speak to us and teach us who you truly are. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Who is God? Well, again, let me give you the answer right up front. God is the Trinity. Let me define the Trinity. God is one being who exists in three equal and eternal persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let me repeat that. God is one God, one being, but he exists in three equal and eternal persons, God the Father who made us, God the Son who died for us, 
God the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Kind of like this. Snow is water. Ice is water. Steam is water. Only one substance, water, but three forms. Even so, the Father who made us is God. Jesus Christ is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Not three gods, one God in three persons. To answer the question, who is God, I want to take us through the ancient Nicene Creed that was written way back in 325 A.D. It's what Christians have believed for 2,000 years, and it's a good summary of the New Testament teaching. And what I want to do is take you through this, and by the end of the Nicene Creed, you will know how to answer the question, who is God? Now, you might say, why do we call it the Nicene Creed? A lot of you are in churches that say it regularly. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before. Why do we call that Trinitarian document the Nicene Creed? I'm glad you asked that question. Let me give you a three-minute history lesson. Don't go to sleep. This is important. Way back in the year 250 A.D., a heretic was born in northern Africa by the name of Arius. He grew up and became an archdeacon in the Christian church. Arius taught Jesus is not God. Jesus is not eternal. Jesus is a creature. God the Father created Jesus at a point in time. His doctrine spread throughout the Christian church and it divided the church everywhere it went. It got so bad that finally in 325 A.D. In a, in a town in what's now called Turkey, back then it wasn't, but now it's called Turkey, it was a little town called Nicaea, uh, 318 Christian bishops from all over the Christian world gathered in the town of Nicaea to, to debate what are they going to do. The Trinitarians had their say. Jesus is God. He is eternal with the Father and the Spirit. The Arians said, no, he's not. We don't believe in the Trinity. We don't believe in the deity of Christ. The bishops voted. 316 sided with the Trinitarians. Two sided with Arius. They wrote the Nicene Creed. They signed it. Uh, Arius and his two bishop friends were condemned as heretics. They weren't killed, but they were kicked out of the church. And that's where we got what's called the Nicene Creed. The battle was far from over. The battle between Arianism and Trinitarianism went on for quite a while, but that pretty much settled things for the ages because the, the doctrine of the Trinity, as we're going to see now, is firmly in the Bible, and Arianism, modern Jehovah's Witnessism, is not in the Bible. So let's go through the Nicene Creed from 325 A.D. Here we go. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible. Let's go step by step through that. First words, we believe in. That means we trust. When you say, I believe in God, you're saying, I trust in God. I got in an argument with one of my relatives. She said in front, and she goes to a good church, but she said in front of her teenage daughter, well, I don't think anything's wrong with sleeping together before you're married. And I said to her, 1 Corinthians 6, fornicators don't go to heaven. Well, no, but as long as you believe and are baptized, you shall be saved. I said, yeah, but you can't live in impenitent sin. And the problem with this relative of mine, 
She believes in a heresy that's all over the place today. It's called easy believism. As long as I believe God exists, I can live like the devil. That's not what I believe in means in the, in the Nicene Creed. The devil believes in God. <laughs> when we say in the, in the Nicene Creed, we believe in one God, that means we trust him. We put our lives into his hands. We cling to him. That's something the devil doesn't do. So we believe in doesn't mean mere uh, belief in his existence. We're trusting him. We believe in, next words, one God. Those words mean monotheism. Mono meaning one, theos means God. Christians are monotheists. So I said to that Muslim van driver, Muslims think Christians believe in three gods. We don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God in three persons. Now, hi Hindus are poly, many polytheists. They believe in many gods. Mormons believe in many gods. Uh, but Christians are monotheists. We believe in one God, the Father. The word the Father means God loves and protects. Like a father loves and protects his family, we all need God the Father to love and protect us. Don't take God the Father away from us. So... I went to this liberal Lutheran church one Wednesday night for a Lenten service some time ago. The woman preacher gets up to preach and she says, I had a woman come to my office for counseling. She had a bad relationship with her father. So I said to her, you're going to have troubles relating to God as your father. So why don't you pray to God as your mother? And I heard that and I thought, Here's this dear woman, all broken, who needs a loving father, and this woman just took him away. You know what I would have said to that woman? You have a rotten relationship with your earthly father. Don't you need a good, loving father? That's who God is, God the Father. <laughs> so we believe in one God, the Father. Next words, maker of heaven and earth. The words maker show purpose and design. There's purpose and design to this universe. It was made. I will admit, I don't get atheism. How can you look at this incredibly well-designed universe and conclude nobody designed it? <laughs> I'm sitting next to a doctor on an airplane. He finds out I'm a preacher, and he says to me, I became a Christian in med school. And I said to him, well, what converted you? When I started to study the human body, how incredibly designed it is, I had to conclude there's a designer. <laughs> Two men are walking along the beach. They find a watch lying on the beach, a big stopwatch. They pop the back open. It's still working. The gears are moving and everything. And, and the man says to his friend, isn't this an incredibly designed watch? Whoever made this was skilled and knew what he was doing. And his friend says, I don't think anybody made that watch. Well, what do you mean that you don't think anybody made it? Look how it intricately designed. No, no, I think thousands and millions of years of the ocean pounding the sand that finally the watch came. What do you mean pounding? Look at this. Thing. I mean, we would never say that about a watch. Atheists say it about the universe. It makes no sense. I believe in one God, maker, designer of heaven and earth. Next words, and of all things, visible and invisible. Those words mean... We believe in angels and demons. There is a very liberal congregational church here in Minneapolis. I've only been to it twice, and that was enough. 
And when I went there, the preacher got up to preach his sermon. The text for the day was Jesus being tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And the preacher said, this is one of my least favorite Bible stories because I don't believe there's a devil. Well, <laughs> then who was tempting Jesus in the wilderness? The Bible teaches there are devils, demons, and there are angels, things seen and unseen. All right, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all things visible and invisible. Second paragraph has to do with the second person of the Trinity. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. Let's talk about the word Lord there. The word Lord means two things. Jesus is God and Jesus is master. When you say Jesus is my Lord, you're meaning he's my God and he's also the master of my life and I'm his slave. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know what the word Christ means? The word Christ literally means anointed one. The Old Testament prophesied the Christ would come, anointed to save the Jews, and that's who Jesus is. He's the anointed one, the Old Testament appointed one. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, begotten of his Father before all worlds. Those words, before all worlds, means Jesus is eternal. I can remember when the light bulb went on for me. I was 12 years old, sitting in my Lutheran confirmation class in Omaha, Nebraska, and the first thing the pastor taught us was the Trinity, and that Jesus is the eternal God with the Father and the Spirit. And my hand went up. What do you mean Jesus is God? I thought he was the Son of God. Well, he is the Son of God. Well, what do you mean he's God? And this, this pastor said, well, the Bible teaches Jesus is eternal with the Father. And I can remember getting a little miffed, and I said to the pastor, you know, they taught us Noah and the ark a hundred times. Why didn't anybody teach me that Jesus is God? <laughs> so, um, uh, before all worlds, in the next part of the Nicene Creed, Jesus is God of God, light of light, very God of very God. Here's the next uh, thing we learn about who God is from the Creed. Jesus is very God of very God. Those words were aimed against Arius in 325 AD. Today they'd be aimed against the Jehovah's Witnesses. What I'm going to do, it's real easy. Just remember John 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1. If the Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door saying Jesus is not God, remember John chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1. Read those chapters. All three of those chapters teach that Jesus is God in human form. Uh, when I was a young preacher, I was teaching on the Trinity one night at my church. 80-year-old man, I think. I think he was a lifelong U U U Lutheran. When I taught the Trinity, his hand went up. What do you mean Jesus is God? So you can, you can sit in church for years and not quite get this. Do you know who Jesus is? Jesus is your God with the Father and the Spirit. Next words, Jesus is begotten, not made. And those words mean Jesus is not created. Again, those words are in the creed to uh, respond to Arius, who was teaching that Jesus is a creature. And, but did you ever think about this? If God the Father is eternal, doesn't there need to be a son for him to be eternally a father too? <laughs> Begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, by whom all things were made. Um, 
You know, when last night I met a little eight-year-old girl by the name of Sophie, and she says to me, when was God born? How did God come to be God? And I said to her, well, God wasn't born. Nobody made God. God has always just been there. And she said, you know, well, how can that be? I, I don't know if she said that, but that's the question. How can God just always be there and have no beginning? He's always been. And our answer to that is, we don't know. It's just the way it is. Jesus Christ, uh, who, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven. Next words of the creed, Jesus came for our salvation. Jesus came for our salvation. Now, when I was talking to that Muslim van driver, I thought, I better preach the gospel to him, too. So I said to him, you know, Muslims believe the way you get to heaven is by submitting to Allah and being real good and kind of earning your way in. Christians believe that's not possible. We are so sinful. Our only hope is that Jesus Christ came down to earth, lived the perfect life we couldn't, died on the cross to pay for our sins, and we are saved by the sufferings of Christ. That's called the gospel, the good news who for our, us men and for our salvation, next part of the creed, came down from heaven and became incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. The word incarnate means enfleshed. The word incarnate means enfleshed, that God became human flesh. God took on flesh. The word incarnate is not the same as the word reincarnation. Let me explain the difference. Christians believe incarnate means that God became human flesh. Reincarnation teaches that when you die, you become a horse or a cow or another human. You keep coming back until you get enough good karma to, to be dissolved into nirvana. Uh, New Agers believe that kind of thing. Hindus believe that kind of thing. Christians believe in incarnation, that God became human flesh once, and it wasn't us, it was Jesus. Next words of the apostles of the Nicene Creed, and he became man. Next, next answer to who God is from the Nicene Creed, Jesus was truly a man. Sometimes I would teach confirmation, and I would teach that Jesus is God, and show, show the students the verses, and then I would say, okay, true or false? Jesus is a man. And they'd say, false, he's God. And I'd have to say, wait a minute, he is God, but he also became a man. There was an Ancient heresy, the opposite of Arianism in the early church, called docetism. Docheo in Greek means to seem like. And the docetists taught Jesus looked like a man. He seemed like a man. But we know that God would not really become a human being. So it was a phantom. And the early church condemned that because if God didn't really become a man, then man's sins hadn't been paid for when Jesus died on the cross. Uh, Jesus had to be a man to pay the price for man's sins. So the early church properly maintained the scriptural teaching, Jesus is fully God and fully man. Next words, he became man. He suffered and died under Pontius Pilate. Those words mean Jesus truly died. Now and then I'll talk to a Christian. I'll say, well, when Jesus, did Jesus really literally die on the cross? Oh, no, he didn't, couldn't have died. Yes, he did. The penalty for sin is death. If he didn't really die, our sins aren't paid for. When Jesus died on the cross, he really died. And next words, and then on the third day he rose again according to the scriptures. 
Next part of the creed teaches belief in the bodily resurrection is required. We live in the 21st century. Christians for 2,000 years have believed that Jesus' body rose from the dead. Sadly, we have liberal professors in some of our liberal mainline Protestant churches teaching, well, we can't believe in the literal resurrection of Christ anymore. Our science does not permit that. But we do believe that Jesus rose in the hearts of his disciples. Of course, his body is still in some tomb somewhere, but he rose. No, 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 that's not what the Bible teaches. You have to believe in the biblical bodily resurrection of Christ to be saved. I get this from Romans 10 where Paul says, if you confess with your lips Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Years ago when I was in seminary, I went to kind of a liberal Lutheran seminary, but God bless old professor Gerhard Frost who held to the scriptures. And one day during class, some student put up his hand, Professor Frost, do you have to believe in the literal resurrection of Christ to be saved? And a good old Professor Frost looked at him and said, Son, you don't play with that one. <laughs> we believe in that he rose again three days later. He ascended into heaven, sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. Next part of the creed says, Jesus will return as judge. One day, Jesus returns in the clouds. All the dead are raised, and one by one, we stand before Christ, and he judges us. He determines our eternity. There is a story. Two college roommates, fast friends. They graduate. One becomes a businessman. One becomes a lawyer. After a few years, they lose contact and don't hear a thing about each other until many years later, the businessman is brought into court for embezzlement. Who does he stand before but his college roommate who now has become a judge? The trial goes on. The question is, will the judge be impartial or will he mete out justice? When it came for the verdict, the judge issued the strongest fine under the law against his old friend, a huge amount of money, and he clicked his gavel. Then he took off his robe walked around the bench, went down, shook his old friend's hand, and whispered in his ear, and I will pay your debt. One day Jesus comes down as the judge. Have you let him also, though, be your savior? Have you let him pay your debt? You need to do that now so that when he comes down as judge, you'll also know he's the savior who's already paid your debt. Last, last words, last paragraph. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son. The last answer to who God is from the creed is, the Holy Spirit is God. If you look up 2 Corinthians 3, Acts chapter 5, John chapter 4, they all teach the Holy Spirit is God. Let's sum it up. Who is God? The answer to that question, there's only one God, but in God are three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, each person being God, each person being eternal. But it's not three gods, one God in three persons. There's a saying, he who doubts the Trinity will lose his salvation. He who tries to understand the Trinity will lose his mind. <laughs> well, this has been a difficult one, but hopefully it's helped you answer the question. Amen.
Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, we only have a few minutes left, but before we talk about the Nicene Creed, can you explain why do we have two creeds, the Apostles' Creed mm -hmm. and the Nicene Creed? The Apostles' Creed is even older. It's similar. I, I, we believe in God the Father. In the, the Apostles' Creed and, and Nicene Creed are very similar, but the Apostles' Creed is, is earlier by maybe 150, 200 years. Nicene Creed, it wasn't the 325, and it had to be written to counter the heresies. The Apostles' Creed is earlier, and it's just a very basic belief of what the Apostles taught. So the Apostles taught one creed, but yeah. then 300 years later, another creed came because of yeah. heresy? I think if I remember right, we know for sure the Apostles' Creed is at least 250 A.D., and then 100 years later comes the Nicene Creed. Uh, we Christians believe in both creeds, uh, but yeah, the Nicene Creed had to do with that countering heresy. Okay, so what were some of the ancient heresies that were okay. in the early church that prompted a whole new... Yep. The, uh, the big one was Arianism, that Jesus is not God, modern Jehovah's Witnessism. The second one was the other one we talked about, Gnosticism, people, no, excuse me, uh, Docetism, that Jesus appeared as God, but he wasn't really, no, as man, but he wasn't really, and the church said, yes, he was truly God and man. One more, Jackie, would be called modalism. Uh, it was a heresy that God appears as, as the Father sometimes, then he changes into God the Son, then he changes into the Holy Spirit, three different modes. The early church said, no, God is eternally Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So do we have cult groups that deny the Trinity yes. now then? So you don't want to go to a church like the Mormon church that believes in thousands of gods. You don't want to go to the Jehovah's Witness church, which, did, which denies the deity of Christ. You don't want to go to the Christian science church, which denies that sin exists. Well, if there is no sin, what did Jesus die on the cross for? So those are some of the... I wouldn't go to what's called oneness Pentecostal churches either. They deny the Trinity. And Pentecostals are normally fine, but there's a small group called oneness Pentecostals that are anti-Trinitarian. Oneness Pentecostals? They're called oneness Pentecostals. Oneness, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, or united Pentecostals, same thing. Okay, Pastor Brock, I've heard of this term ex nihilo. Ex nihilo. What does God that mean? God created ex nihilo. Ex nihilo is a Latin word meaning out of nothing. When God created the universe, he made it out of nothing. There, there's a re there are religions that believe that matter is eternal, and God took that matter and made it into something. Christians believe, no, in the beginning, God was all that there was, and he created heavens and earth. I see. So why does the Bible call Jesus the Son of God if he's also God? He is the Son of God in the sense that he emanates and comes from God, but we also learn from John chapter 1, he is, is also God. And you get both. The Bible will say Jesus is God. It also says he's the Son of God. Because when he was on earth, he was in human form, the Son of God. Eternally, he was God with the Father before that, but both are true. And Pastor Brock, we apologize today. We did not get on the Bible verses for your sermon. But at the end of the program, you'll see our website. You can go to our website and send us an email requesting those. And or, we'll or there's an article said, is the Trinity biblical? Punch on that article. Okay, punch on that article and you'll get the answers to where these came from. We pray that God would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. 
Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Music